But I thought, if I'm not happy at this time next year, what's the point? Okay. Every year is getting worse. Mm -hmm. So this year doesn't go up. I can only imagine the year after is going to be worse. Are you prioritizing your own happiness? If you're whispering no to yourself at right now, that's okay. And I would encourage you to add the word yet to the end of that whisper. No, not yet. Because this can change today. There are so many conflicting messages around happiness, and this confusion either convinces us that it's not worth the effort, or we don't even know what we would do differently. Your happiness is too important to put off. Your very well-being is dependent on you feeling happy. And as Adrian reminds us later in this conversation, not that many people are bothered about your happiness. It's either up to you or no one else is going to be taking the reins of it. Adrian Granger is the lead developer of the Happyometer, which can be found at tadish.com. This is a free monthly survey that measures your current happiness and offers recommendations for activities to continue doing, as well as additional suggestions you may not have considered. And the Happyometer isn't just for individuals. This survey can be used by team leaders to measure the happiness of their team so they can integrate opportunities to make being happier even easier for their team members. Thank you so much for listening to the Fully Alive podcast. I really do appreciate it. And if you're feeling generous and you want to rate the show and subscribe the show, go for it. I would love a five-star rating, but only if you think I've earned it. If I haven't earned this five-star rating from you yet, I encourage you to reach out to me via email or on the social platforms. I'd love to learn how I can make this show even more impactful for you. And as a wellness coach, it's important to me that you find the supplements and services you need to be your best. So before we dive into our conversation today, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. The sponsors I have selected offer products and services I personally use and have benefited from. You've heard me speak with Tim James from The Chemical Free Body in the past, and you're going to hear a lot more from him and his coaches in upcoming episodes. If your physical health has been holding you back, check out the products Tim has vetted for us at chemicalfreebody.com. Use the code BLUEBAMBOO for a 10% discount. Also, I know how easy it is to trigger our stress response. Shouldn't it be just as easy to trigger our relaxation response? With Sensate, it is that easy. Allow the sound and vibration work for you to bring you into a restful state in only 10 minutes at any time of the day. Go to GetSensate.com backslash Blue Bamboo for a 10% discount and start loving yourself today. Use the code Blue Bamboo for a 10% discount. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. And welcome to this recording of the Fully Alive podcast. My name is Mary Maduna Gross, and I am delighted to share this time and space together with Adrian Granger. Adrian and I met probably almost a year ago now. And what Adrian is working on, he calls the happy ometer. And he is here today to talk about the research that went into this, what it is, and what it can do for us. 
Adrian, I am thrilled to be sharing this conversation with you. Tell us a little bit about you and, and how you came to this work. Hi, Mary. I'm really excited to do this with you. I, I started looking into this in my 20s, which was about the turn of the century. Okay. I had a lot of things that were going super well for me and lots of things were going inadvertently super bad. That some things I couldn't control. But, excuse me. And I made a pledge that I wanted to be happier. And to do this, I needed to know how happy I was. Yeah. I listed everything in my life that was important, that added to my happiness or brought me down. I gave everything a score and month by month, I started measuring my happiness. And maybe a bit with the Hawthorne effect, you know, when you're measuring something, it generally improves. Right. Um, I'm not sure that's concrete. Um, the research is a bit disputed on that, but uh, I think it exists. I do and too. I did. I started putting my life together based around this list that I put together for myself. Mm -hmm. What things I needed to look at in my work life, my private life, and tackled everything, but just a bit at a time. Mm -hmm. instead of a wholesale change in one big department. And I wanted to put it on a website and I, I couldn't build websites. I, I spent most of the 20 years trying to learn how to build websites and then finally got this together as a general happiness quiz instead of the personalized one that I'd made for myself. And this took into account lots of things that were generally accepted help happiness. So things like exercise, fresh air, nature, mm -hmm. and the quiz looks into all of these things in your life over the last month, what your habits are, what are your circumstances, and gives you an idea of what things you can push up to the next level, if you like, not make okay. a huge change. Yeah. Okay. So let, t I love origin stories. So I want to come back to Tell us a little bit about what you were experiencing when you decided that you wanted to become more happier. Well, the, the, the things that I had going on in my life at the time. Give us like, yeah. some context here. Uh, yeah, so I'd, I've had a really good job okay. that was down the road from me. I had my own parking space and that went. And then I was working half an hour drive away, had to park in the city. And I realized that this commute and the inconvenience went along with the drop-in salary that I'd taken to go to this job. So that, that was the first section of it, if you like. But I'd also had, my father had recently passed away. I'd come out of a long-term relationship. I'd bought a house. My hair all fell out. I had friends that had committed suicide, relationship issues. So there was lots of things going on where I thought, yeah, I can see where I could be happy. I didn't really have uh, the money because I've been in between jobs. So it was important to look at some of the things that weren't going to cost anything. And Tadish is generally based around that, that you, there are things that don't cost anything that just take a little bit of effort, but the combined effect of all of it, say things like exercise, mm -hmm. it's not to be like beach body perfect, uh -huh. but if you do no exercise at all, then walking around the block is as good at running a marathon for someone who's an athlete. Right. So yeah, it's just getting up and making that change or making a slight change to your diet to eat something slightly healthier. Wait, so here, even as you're describing this, I'm hearing, I'm labeling this as personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I took that really serious at the time. It was, I wouldn't say I was suicidal. 
But I thought if I'm not happy at this time next year, what's the point? Okay. Every year is getting worse. Mm -hmm. So this year doesn't go up. I can only imagine the year after is going to be wor worse. Right. So that was me taking the responsibility and, and yeah, putting it, the ball in my court to say, you've got to do these things. And to not me, that, that's a huge leap. Taking that responsibility, when you describe the kinds of challenges that you were facing with work transitions, employment transitions, was also meant income transitions. How much time you're commuting now versus being at home with your family, relationship issues, your hair's falling out, like everything seemed to be crumbling around. How did you yeah. find the fortitude? Is that the word I'm looking for? To, in spite of all of this, to say, you know what, I can still take responsibility for my own happiness. I guess I'm a bit of an overthinker and I didn't really want to consider suicide at the time. This was a really good procrastination. It meant I could get a spreadsheet out and put some numbers in it. Um, so what was Yeah, your... it, it was an act of desperation, if you like, the, the origins of it. Wow. I commend you for using your desperation as the launch pad to creating something that benefits so many people. Yeah. And I think people in their twenties that are going through a finished university, getting into a job, it's generally not the job you see yourself doing in, in the future when you were studying at university. Yeah. You start seeing some things in life aren't working out the way you planned or you get some knockbacks. Um, I, I would say too, that I, I guess if I were to look back at my own upbringing, I think that my conclusion would be that happiness came when you were successful. Right. So what is it that you're going to do, who you're going to go out and be? And when you are that, then you'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of us who, for multitude of reasons, maybe we don't find exactly what our niche is and we've got to stumble through some iterations of ourselves before we find that. It, again, coming back to that personal responsibility, how do we stay connected to that so that we can then facilitate our own happiness. Because I, I think that's too, the, the, what I was getting at with that core belief is that somehow happiness is just going to find us. And that as long as I do the right things, then I'll be happy. But based yeah. on what I already know about your happy meter I, I don't think that belief system would align with your, what you do. Now, I think there's, there's a lot of research from the Good Science Center, mm -hmm. Berkeley. They have a baseline happiness, or they say that everyone has a baseline happiness. And what Tadish does is try to move that baseline a little bit. So it's not, if I win the lottery, I'll be really happy. Mm. And that they gave a really good example of someone who won the lottery and their happiness was right at the top of the scale. And on the other end was someone who was, um, disabled for life in an accident, whose happiness was as low as it could be. Right. And within a year, they're both back to their baseline happiness. That the lottery after a year made no difference. And even something as, as catastrophic as losing the ability to walk didn't affect the baseline in the long term. So the idea with Tadish is it probably, you can't really do everything that's suggested, but if you do some of the things to improve your life in different areas, yeah. you face those challenges a little bit stronger, if you like. If you've got good friends, good social connections, if you can get peace from walking in the woods, 
when something bad does happen, you can walk to the woods or you can ring your friend or you're feeling healthy or you're energetic. So it's to push the baseline up in, and not so much as say, here's happiness and then put that on someone. Right. Yeah. Cause I feel like, again, the way that I was conditioned and brought up is that happiness was either something I had to chase. It was something I had to chase and I had to earn it right through my work and contributions. And so I think that if anyone else has come up with probably less than ideal instruction on how to actually be happy, I think this kind of happy meter gives us, as you were saying, those small little things that we can do that would increase our own happiness so that we can take accountability and responsibility for ourselves because now we have some idea about what to do. Yeah. And this is the, the general website to do the free happyometer. But when I look at coaching and the personal aspects of it, there are general themes in that that people come up with, but some of them are, are quite specific to the person. And as they go week by week, seeing my good example is my basement that is just a mess and needs sorting out. For over a year, it's a mess and needs sorting out. And I know that I'm happier when it's tidy. Mm -hmm. So it's like finding the time for that. And when you're week by week measuring how much time you're spending cleaning the basement and you get to six weeks and you've spent no time at all doing this thing that will make you loads happier, you know it will. Yeah, that's where the coaching comes in as to how you're going to get around to just going down there and clearing your basement. And everyone's got something like that, no, that just hangs there. And it's not necessarily a lot of work. No, no exactly. I, I can think of a few projects myself that uh, have been sitting on the back burner. But that being said, I've also noticed myself, especially this summer in the backyard, we haven't had dogs in the last two years. And so we just, we realized that when we didn't have dogs, we didn't spend a lot of time in our backyard. And so I just let it go. And we got a new puppy last summer. And so we started spending some more time out there, definitely spending more time out there this summer. And at first it was like, ah, oh, this place is a mess and I'll never get this all done. But what I chose to do was here's one little project, just one little thing I can do this week that's going to clean something up, make it look nice, do something. And then every week I'm just doing a little thing. And, and now we love being in our backyard, not just because we have a puppy and it's, it's fun to be with her but because the space itself now fits us, but it happened little by little. Yeah. 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 And it's nice to, especially with the backyards, a good example where you can sit there and say, I did that and I did that. We did this. Yes. There goes the puppy. When you were saying yes. that you're outside because you've got the puppy, I was imagining the puppy inside and you outside and just coming. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. How'd she go? Okay, so let's dive into this happy meet, happy o meter a little bit more. First of all, Tadish. Mm. Tell me what, I love words, but I don't know what Tadish means. Can you ex describe that for me? Yeah, it comes from a, a TV show called The Fixes, where these small people live inside electrical equipment and they fix it without you knowing when it breaks. And it's for children to learn how things work, how fans work, how TVs work and things like that. And when they finish, they say Tadish. Okay. And that's them saying, Tada, it's all and done. And they have this slogan, first you find the problem, then you fix the problem, then you know. 
And whilst I was putting this happyometer together, I was thinking I should know before I start fixing the problem. But yeah, since I made it and during making it, I know more. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I know more than when I started. And I used to watch this show with my son. We liked saying Tadish. We took that as the name for the the happyometer. Makes us smile. That's fabulous. Okay. So what is the happyometer measuring? I think you have four categories. Is that right? Yeah, it's measuring physical happiness, social happiness, mental happiness, and professional happiness. And it's not that question one is um, mental and question two is physical. It's the question might be all four. It might be two or three of them or just one of them. But it's balanced out so that it covers them fairly equally. So some questions you might think is a bit odd, but that's balancing a certain take professional question. Mm-hmm. And some of the questions are all, they're being worked on because this was, let's put it together and see how it works. And some of the questions need rewording or some questions need changing. So there's changes coming through with it. And I wouldn't say it measures happiness so much as your own personal interpretation of happiness, because it depends how you interpret the questions and answers. So your, your score won't necessarily mean you're happier than someone else if it's higher. But when it comes to next month, you can measure the difference between last month and this month and next month. And it's more of a personal journey than how you are against other people. Got it. That makes sense. And I, in fact, I really like that part because I don't think we should be competing on happiness. Like, unless what we're doing is encouraging one another to compete within ourselves for happiness which I think is what this happy-o-meter does, right? It tells me where I am this month and next yeah. month I can see where am I relative to where I am now. Um, and that's uh, broken down as we were um, talking earlier with the tips that say, okay, this month, if you've not spent much time with your family and friends, maybe this month you could spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and they're based on um, seriousness. So at the start, it starts with, you're doing really good at these things and you can push those to one side or maybe say, wow, there's 10 things I never thought I was doing really well at. Right. And then it suggests maybe you could be really good if you did this, or you really ought to look at this. And then if not now, then when is the really serious things that you're losing big points on. Fantastic. And so again, coming back to what it is that you were creating is knowing where do I, where could I put my attention and energy to be happier? And then where do I want to put my attention to be happier? Yeah. And if you get used to filling it out, you can say, okay, yeah, this month I can see that I let myself down a bit with that. Or like where I am now in Spain, it's difficult to go cycling when it's like, oh, you should, your currency a hundred degrees. There's not much time for that, but yet for me, that's a really important thing, especially if I go out with my son. Mm-hmm. So we go out late at night, but it's not the frequency in summer. And I do feel it, it's that we're not getting out as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we assess ourselves by answering the questions and then we're going to get happiness scores in each of these four categories. Yeah. Okay. You have an overall score and then you can... You'll maybe see, oh, my professional life's superb. I don't need to worry about it. But my social life has disappeared. Yeah. So this month I need to focus on social life. And these are the points of the social life 
I'm being guided towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a general thing and not a personal, so not everything will be applicable. Sure. Uh, and some things are quite vague, like TV. I think um, Chick Semihai said 7% of TV viewing is uh, positive in terms of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're really excited to watch that you want to sit down and make an event of. Whereas most of it is a, a drain or it's neutral on your happiness. But um, depends how your day's filled, but maybe you want to sit down and watch some junk TV and you get some positive things from that. You know, even that question, and because that one catches my attention, I think every time it comes up, is am I watching for entertainment? Am I watching for news? Is it a combination of both? It helped me consider my TV viewing choices more intentionally. And I realized that while I like to be entertained, I like to learn a lot too. Yeah. And, and I like quiz shows and they're, they're, they can be quite beneficial if you're learning something. I, I'm, I love hearing you say that because I feel like I've just rediscovered like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and my husband's. Jeez, how old are you now? <laughs> I don't know, but I, those shows just, they're fun. There, there's no bad news yeah. happening in there. It's friendly competition and it is competition, right? Can I guess the answer or can I guess the word? Yeah, exactly. It's fun. It's fun to do. So no, I, the TV viewing question is more about being manipulated by mainstream media. I don't know about the States, but the English soap operas are so depressing. They cover the worst aspects of society. And you're basically filling everybody's heads with negative images of the world. Yeah. And same with the news. It's very controlled. It's quite brutal. Mm-hmm. And the people that don't have TVs don't get that. Right. They don't get pulled down by that, if you like. But yeah, some TV is positive. Yeah. So again, I, I love it that we've got this happy meter. We can take it about once a month, correct? Yeah, that's once a month. And the, the personal coaching is once a week. Okay. So we can use this assessment once a month to monitor our happiness around the year. I noticed last, last month in July, July is a hard month for our family. A lot of tragedies happened in July. And while it doesn't operate our day-to-day activities that much anymore, it's still there in the background. And yeah. I could see that when I did my happy meter in July, it was a lot lower than it was in the previous month. And I had, I think it had a lot to do with just how I was experiencing that rough month of July. Yeah. That was yeah. a way to give our, yourselves a little grace and compassion too, and just say, let's, this event is not out of our unconscious awareness yet it's still playing into our experience and and to give ourselves permission for that yeah and i think your garden's a good example of that yeah. uh, maybe just get a drink get a puppy sit in your garden yeah and the, let everything else just pass you by for a day it's, that's uh, right yeah smell the roses is that the, the expression? that's right yeah yeah slow down smell the roses i think that's yeah. it yeah so how do you see this happy meter being used? Obviously, we've been talking about it right now for individuals. Yeah. Um, where else do you, or how else do you see this being used? Uh, the combination of people completing it as part of a group. If, if you imagine a, a football team, 
And I did watch Dallas versus Miami highlights okay. Okay. of the soccer, which I really enjoyed because I wanted to see Messi. Yeah. But if you take a football team, if you take those 11 players and each of those players is 10% happier in themselves, that is going to translate to an effect on the pitch. If everyone feels better about themselves. There's the idea that of using the manager key where you could take the results anonymously of people that are completing the quiz. So if you have a team or a group of people, you can find the so same total score and the spheres of happiness, the social professional, and see where your team is, what they're lacking, what their progress is. And to give some idea and open the communication channels of what can we do to make people enjoy their life a bit more, whether that's as an employer or as a coach or just a friendly group. Have you had a chance to do some beta testing with groups? With the groups? No. Not yet. Okay. No. Are you looking for groups that might be willing to use this? Yeah, any groups. And it's still being programmed because this will all be within the app. Okay. Um, so at the moment, the, the trials will be manually produced. But yeah, I'm desperate to do as much as I can before we get that program. Okay. Just to highlight what things we can improve with that. Yeah. So if any of the listeners out there are a part of or manage a team that they are interested in, what impact could knowing our happiness scores and knowing what we can do to increase our happiness, what could that do to our team? Not just as an individual, but collectively. Yeah. So if anyone has those teams, how can they reach you? What's the best way? Through my website, which is tadish.co.uk, T-A-D-Y-S-H dot co.uk. Okay. The quiz itself is at tadish.com, but everything else comes under the UK website. But as an employer, the, the, the benefits of a happier group of employees across the business are getting more customers in, getting customers to spend more productivity mm -hmm. higher better employee retention. There's so many benefits of just having happier employees. If there was an easy way to sit down and get them to be happier, it would be a good route to take, a logical route. It, it, it's really important that a business can focus on this. And there's a model as well where not the, the owner of the business or the manager of the group, they're not asking the questions, but someone within the group it's inspiring the conversation of what can this group manager do to help us be better in, yeah. in our private lives. And one of the examples of that, that I've discussed with people is the teachers and that there's a lot of teachers that have kids that are under loads of pressure through the job. Right. And they're not going out with their partner because of childcare costs mm -hmm. or because of the guilt. If they're not working, they should be with their kids and yet it'd be really beneficial. So between the, the members of the group, the teachers might say, let's do a, a child minding service between us and we all share it out and we all get to go out and it costs the employer nothing. All they've done is put that person there and said, ask the questions that will make the difference if you like. Okay, so if you as a listener have a team or you're a member of a team and you're interested in what increasing your collective happiness might do for 
how you function together as a team, reach out to Adrian. And there's loads of little videos there that explain these things in more detail. Yeah. The groups form a hierarchy so they can have parent and children groups. Okay. So you could have a business with 200 groups at different levels and you can compare the happiness of the different units or areas, regions, countries. So yeah, it could be done on quite a big scale when the technology is ready for it. As it's coming along. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I, again, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about this, even as it is still in the emerging uh, phase here. As you mentioned earlier, some of the questions you're still tweaking a little bit. And um, I'm sure that as you start to see how this is um, being used in groups, there'll probably be more adjustments, even if it's how it's delivered. Yeah. But, but yeah, so thank you for growing with us. And being able to provide us such a valuable tool so that we can take responsibility and be happy. Because oftentimes I think sometimes we don't do that because we don't know how. We don't yeah. know what, where to look. This happyometer erases all of those questions. Just answer the questions and it will give you suggestions on, again, as what you're doing well, as well as other things that you might consider adding. Yeah, put some framework there that you can work from. Yeah. And, and something that's really hit me is that aside from yourself and maybe um, if you're lucky, a partner, but really not many people are that bothered about your happiness. It's either up to you or no one else is going to be taking the reins of it, right? Wow. I think that is a beautiful reminder Again, we've been talking about personal responsibility as if really there's a choice. There is always a choice. And yet, if you don't make that choice, nothing's going to happen. As you were saying earlier, where am I going to be next year if I don't make these changes now? Yeah. With a dirty basement full of junk. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Adrian, I really have appreciated this time together. Are are there any closing remarks, things maybe we didn't get to or or chat about um, before we close here? Just one point that we've discussed in the past, so it'd be worth levering in here uh, a little bit, is that to go easy on yourself for people, because a lot of the people watching this podcast are maybe high achievers. They've done everything. When they were young and they had this one project to work on and they put their whole life into it, um, life has, has maybe changed for them. I know like for me, I've, I've got young kids, um, I've got a house to maintain different relationships, different businesses. Um, and, and I found myself beating myself for quite a bit. You're not spending enough time with the kids. You're not spending enough time working or you need to do some DIY. And I've had a real epiphany this year of just going easy on myself and talking to myself as a friend and not as a boss, if you like. But yeah, I'd sit in the garden with a puppy. <laughs> you know what, Adrian? I would love it. Next time you come to Chicago, you are definitely coming out to the garden and sitting with my husband, myself, and Spicy. That would be delightful. <laughs> what, what's the puppy called? Spicy. Spicy. After yeah. the food. Yes. Yes. Or the Spice Girls. A little bit of both. <laughs> I think it started out with Spice. The Spice Girls was, was an inspiration and it just ended up being spicy. Wow. <laughs> Once again, Adrian, thank you so much for 
developing this for using your own dark night of the soul as a launching pad to creating something that benefits so many of us. Thank you once again. And thank you for exposing it and publicizing like this. I'm very much appreciated. Excellent. (laughs) Cheers, Mary. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.